Welcome to the NS North podcast. My name is Adrian, and I am joined today by my co-hosts, Dan Byers and Philippe Cascre. How are you, Dan? I'm really good. How are you? Good, thanks. And you, Phil? I'm also really good. Thank you. For today's episode, we have speaker Ayaka Nanaka joining us. How are you, Ayaka? I'm great. Thank you. So to kick this off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? What do you do? Sure. So right now I am an iOS engineer at Venmo. I've been here for, let's see, I think almost three years now. So I interned at Venmo back in 2010. So that's when Venmo was around five or six people. And we were in Philadelphia and I was still in school. And then I didn't immediately come back to Venmo. I interned at Google for two summers. And then after I graduated, I was kind of choosing between Venmo and Google and chose Venmo. So that's how I ended up here, and I've been doing iOS development the entire time. Nice. What did you study at school? I studied computer science and almost got a math degree. <laughs> I sense a theme amongst our speakers now. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple outliers, yeah. but yeah, definitely a trend. So you're an East Coast person. I am originally East Coast, but I was born in Japan, so I was in Japan for a year. So I don't remember it very much, except for the times that I've visited. But after Japan, uh, my family and I, we moved to the Netherlands, and we were there for eight years. And then we moved to the East Coast, and then I moved out to the Bay Area, I guess, three years ago now. Wow, lots of traveling. Yes, lots of traveling. So what uh, what made you select uh, Venmo over Google? I guess that's kind of a tricky question. Yeah, it's... It was a really, really tough decision because Google is great for its own reasons and Venmo is great for its own reasons, and they're also very different, which I think made it even more difficult to choose between them. Um, but in, I guess my main thing was that I wanted to work on something that is more consumer-focused because the team that I would have been on would have been more uh, business-focused. So even though the team was really great, I wasn't that passionate about the product itself, so... That was one of the reasons, and also I wanted to work at a smaller company where I could actually try to know everyone's name, whereas (laughs) that would have been impossible at Google. Um, And then I think the last thing was I wanted to do iOS development. And at Google, I so when I was interning, I had an iPhone, but everyone on the team, except my manager's manager, had an Android. And that's when they were developing uh, Google Now, so that so everyone on my team had like the pre-release version of Google now, and I was kind of jealous. So I ended up getting a Google like uh, an Android phone during my internship, and I was actually an Android user for about eight months until I got frustrated by how slow everything was. <laughs> yeah, I think Android phones these days seem pretty fast though, and some of them look really nice. Well, when you need to run eight cores in your in your handset, you know, it's uh, I'm sure it's gonna be fast. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, now, Ayaka, for those listeners who may not know, can you tell us about what Venmo does? Sure. So, yeah, especially because Venmo is only U.S. right now. Uh, Venmo is a payments app that lets you pay your friends for free on your iPhone or Android phone or on our website. Wait, wait. Pay your friends for free? Yes. If, as long as you use a bank account and not credit card. Because if we... We used to allow credit cards for free, but what happens is people, you know how credit cards give you points? So 
people just send money back and forth to, to like each other and rack up credit card points and we just lose like a lot of uh, credit card processing fees. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, right. right. Yeah, so I think usually when there's like a new money app out there, like they usually forget about that and somebody abuses that. So you have you have to get in when it's when you start to get the points and then they shut that down. So Exactly. <laughs> They'll quickly realize that it's a horrible idea. <laughs> so wait, would your competitor or would you be a competitor to Square? Uh we would be a competitor to a Square Cash. Okay. Okay. And how big is your team then at Venmo? Our team at Venmo, so the iOS team is we are five core members and we have an a great summer, not summer intern, winter intern, winter on our team right now. And one of our engineers, Daz, he's actually interning within the company on the strategy team right now. Oh, neat. Yeah. So we're like a small but like big enough team. It's a nice size. So are you mostly uh, into development or have you ever done any design work or uh, anything aside from that? I like dabble in design but i wouldn't consider myself a designer i think i can tell when something looks good but i can't tell you why it looks good and how to make something look good so so backing up a little bit so what what actually made you get into uh, computer science what where, where did you get that love from sure um so i always really liked math and also physics so i thought i would end up being either a math major or a physics major mostly because i didn't even know that computer science existed until uh, right before my senior year of high school, where I found the summer program at Penn. It's like this like three-week engineering program, and you got to apply to it, and you got to like choose your top three choices. And I think I put robotics as my top choice, and like this thing called computer science as my second one. And I didn't get into the robotics course, but I did get into computer science. So that's kind of kind of how I discovered it accidentally. And yeah, so I guess I got lucky. <laughs> that's how I found computer science. And why I like math, I don't really know. <laughs> I guess I just like it. You just have a natural aptitude for it, right? I guess. <laughs> All right. Can you tell us a little bit about your work in the iOS or Mac community on the West Coast? Sure. Um, what have I been doing recently? Sometimes I open source things. Um, I have this open source uh, library called Parsimon, and it's a, I guess, a Swift NLP like tool. <laughs> it's kind. Of, if you've heard of NLTK, the Python natural language processing framework, it's kind of like that, but for Swift and a lot smaller. <laughs> Yeah, so you can do things like spam or non-spam or ham classification. You can give it a bunch of examples, and it'll learn from that and tell you, given a new sample, if something is ham or spam. That's one thing that you can do with it. And there's some other like simple machine learning models that you can use. So to be clear, this is a, this is a Swift implementation of to solve the problem. It's not just a bridge over the Python one. Yeah, it's my own implementation based on, like, actual math. So I wrote it in Objective-C first, but then uh, me and I guess some other open source contributors helped me rewrite the entire thing in Swift, which is awesome. That's getting to be a little bit of your calling card, uh, rewriting things in Swift completely. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that project was small enough, so it's very manageable. 
so the, the motivation to convert it to Swift was that more just to help you get more uh, um, more background in Swift, or was there was there something that you saw that that you were able to really take advantage of in terms of like the new Swift support? Yeah, I think for Persimmon, it was mostly just to get myself used to it because Swift was completely new back then, and I was definitely not very familiar with it, and I wanted to work on something like small enough that I can understand the entire system and have everything be in Swift. Awesome. So something good to cut your teeth on, I guess, eh? Help yeah, you. exactly. Yeah. So I wasn't really thinking like that much about, like, oh, like how can I make this very Swifty using protocols or like enums with associated values? But, yeah, since then, I think... If I I might do like a new version of Persimmon that actually uses some of those nice features, so it's not just like a straight port from Objective C. So speaking of that Swift and and Venmo, so have you guys um, adopted Swift for most of your code base? We have. So right now we are still in the middle of rewriting our Swift app. So we have this uh, current version on the App Store that's kind of like hybrid Swift and Objective C. So everything new that we're adding is all in Swift. And then we're trying to kind of like sunset that app out and swap it out with our Swift implementation. Yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> so it's it's basically one third of your code base because you've got the Android app, the iOS app, and the website, and they all talk to the same backend essentially. Exactly. Yep. So one of the things that I noticed on when I was checking out your blog is that you've you've taken a lot of time to I guess help other people start learning Swift. I suppose, like from your own experiences, going through different resources and finding good things. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that and what they can find on your Learn Swift page? Sure. So I made this, I guess it's a subdomain on my website. So I was trying to come up with a good name for my Swift blog, but all my ideas were kind of like stupid or taken. So I ended up just making it uh, just swift.ayaka.me. Ayaka.me is just my website. Uh, and the website itself is just called Learn Swift. And basically what I do is I walk through each of the Swift concepts that I think are kind of core to Swift and what makes core, uh, Swift amazing and explain them in very understandable ways or hopefully very understandable. Like a layperson term. Exactly. Like, like I'm not trying to be like trying to sound smart or anything. I just want people to see how amazing like... Swift optionals are, and how you can use guard and iflets and all that fun stuff. Yeah, and it's great because I find it really easy to write as I'm learning things because I can explain things better. Because, like, for example, let's say I wanted to teach someone algebra. I think I would do a terrible job because I'll just assume things and not realize, like, what the difficult-to-understand parts are. But not because Swift is kind of new to me as well, and I still remember like struggling through understanding some things. Writing it out has been kind of useful, and hopefully, it's useful for other people as well. So you're doing TDD, teaching-driven development. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely call it that. So when you're uh, when you're not hacking away with Swift, uh, what, what do you like to do outside of tech? Let's see. I like to go hiking a lot. I went camping this weekend in Death Valley. It was very hot. Oh, wow. I wish we could say the same for Canada right now. <laughs> How cold is it there right now? Uh, if we tell you, will you still come? Um, no, it's going to be warm in April. Warm, right? it's, okay, great. I know. What is it Fahrenheit right now? 
I can do Celsius too. Yeah, it's it's like minus ten. Yeah, minus ten. Uh, yeah, that's cold in both. Yeah, Fahrenheit and Celsius. That's just generally cold. Yeah, it will be nice in April. We promise. Awesome. So, did you see the moving stones in Death Valley? No, I think the some not like a tree fell, but I think something crumbled onto a road that goes there, and you can't access that area right uh-huh. now. Yeah, I saw pictures of it though. It looks amazing. Yeah, those are stones that just they leave tracks, and nobody knew quite why they were doing it until somebody finally figured it out. Uh, I guess a couple of years ago only. So, what's the secret? Uh, I don't remember exactly. I think it has to do with just uh, uh, the amount of rain and the pressure on the soil that makes things uh, able to slide around. Mm. So Makes yeah. sense. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I think, Ayaka, I also noticed that you are into meditation. Is that right? Yes. I wouldn't say I'm like <laughs> good about <laughs> consistently meditating, but uh, two things that I've started doing, I guess end of last year, are meditating and also exercising regularly so i started running and also going to the gym probably at least like five times a week and then meditating as often as i can remember i'm trying to get better at it do you have any i know like apps are sort of a little bit of a a cheat to get into it but sometimes they can be helpful do you have any that you've tried that you would suggest to people yeah i I'm using this app called Headspace. I found out about it, I think, in an article in The New Yorker. And, yeah, I started using it. And it's really nice because it kind of teaches you, like, all the basics and why meditation works as well. So, like, before I started using this app, I kind of felt like, oh, like, meditation, that's for kind of, like, hippies. (laughs) Like, it doesn't actually work. But now that I've started using it, I definitely started seeing benefits of meditating what would you what would you say some of those benefits are like uh, i really don't do that at all yeah so i think the whole thing about meditation is although at least the type that i do i don't know what it's called is like you're kind of just focusing on your breath and like eventually you realize that your mind has completely wandered away something else and you just bring your mind back to the breath and you just continue doing that for like 20 minutes and how that's helped me is i think I notice more often when I'm distracted, when I'm doing something, and I can bring myself back to that task a lot easier because I notice that I'm distracted. That's awesome. So, like, sometimes, like, I think, like, one of my nervous habits is just, like, opening Twitter or something and, like, scrolling mindlessly. So I could catch myself doing that all the time. I'm like, oh, why am I here? I don't need to be here. Close the app. Like, go do something that I was supposed to be doing. Totally been there, done that. <laughs> yeah, but I, st- I still do it. I just catch myself more often. <laughs> Interesting. And so you said that you went to, uh, you guys just went back to Japan, right? A little while ago? Yeah, I was in Japan end of October last year. Yep. Cool. And for how long were you there? Uh, how long was I there? Not that long. I think a week and a half, maybe. I was there for my cousin's wedding. Oh. Was that was that in like the one of the big cities there? Yeah, it was in Tokyo. It was oh, really nice. Awesome. Yeah. Thirty million people. Yeah. I heard that Tokyo is like ten times the size of Manhattan, which is kind of mind blowing. Or 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 the size of Canada's population. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, we're about 38 million, I think, right now. Oh my gosh. I thought it was yeah. 34, but yeah, exactly. Wow, that puts things into perspective. We're, we're only the second largest country in the world. It's okay. There we go. <laughs> so you like you like to camp. You have meditation going on. You, you've traveled before. Um, yeah. Is there anything else? Let's see. Another hobby, or I guess it's a hobby, is I'm because I lived in the Netherlands. Well, I guess not because even though I lived in the Netherlands, I don't speak any Dutch because I went to international school. But I kind of like the idea of learning Dutch and like listening to it. So I've been doing the Duolingo course on Dutch like every morning. Oh, oh right now so every cool. morning. Yeah, it's really fun. It's kind of like fun to see my brain like adapt to this language and this like new syntax. Because <laughs> sometimes like I don't even understand why something is the way it is, but it's starting to become a little bit more intuitive. It's like a little experiment. Are you a polyglot? I know Japanese. Of course. Okay. So I think that helps a little bit because I know that things can be different between languages. Also, there's a lot of technology in uh, Amsterdam. There's yeah. a lot of little technology startups. Yeah. The Netherlands is really nice. And I'm really happy that I grew up there. It was super, really kind of like just relaxed. Everyone was super nice. It was a nice small country too. You can bike everywhere. And there are lots of sheep and bikes and cows. <laughs> Did you, was that in Amsterdam? Or... Yeah, um, I was in the suburbs of Amsterdam. Okay. Yeah, so hopefully I'll find an excuse to get out there <laughs> at some point soon. You'll have to go and visit, uh, what is it, uh, Amsterdam. That's the uh, my yeah. please thing. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. Well, thanks for so much for joining us today, Ayaka. Yeah, thanks for having me. What's the best way for someone to get in touch with you? Uh, best way for someone to get in touch with me? Probably on Twitter. My Twitter handle is a little bit hard to spell. But it's Ayananagon, A-Y-A-N-O-N-A-G-O-N. Nanagon as in, like, the nine-sided polygon. It's kind of nerdy, but I made it up during That's high school. Perfect. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> I always have to, like, explain myself. And it's like, oh, yeah, the first part of it's, like, kind of like my last name. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking, but I'm stuck with it now. It's, like, everywhere. This is the right crowd for that. It's my GitHub handle, too. So, yeah. Excellent. You can learn more about our conference by visiting our website at nsnorth.ca. Tickets are still available for the conference. Also, be sure to follow us for updates on Medium and Twitter at nsnorth. Thanks for listening. Please join us again next time to meet another great speaker. Phil, how can people get in touch with you? That would be at philipc on Twitter or phil at nsnorth.ca. And you, Dan? You can reach me at underscore Dan Byers on Twitter and dan at nsnorth.ca. And I am at Adrian R.M., that's A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E-R-M on Twitter. Or you can email me at adrian at nsnorth.ca. See you soon. 